Major League Baseball schedule has been announced, and it looks good for the Cincinnati Reds. The Cleveland Indians, on the other hand, boy, they've got a lot to talk about this week on the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. Good evening, everyone. I'm Dave Mitchell. Glad to have you along tonight as we talk about the Cleveland Indians and the Cincinnati Reds. And we are going to have baseball in the year 2020. The schedule has been announced. Blake, as we turn to our resident Reds expert, Blake Watson, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, Dave. Glad to be with you, buddy. Boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, I had my doubts to a certain extent, Blake, about whether or not we'd play baseball because some of the players, you know, they're... They're uh, opting out of what's going on with be, due to this COVID-19, including one of the Indians bench coaches that we'll get to here in a little bit. But the schedule was announced, and that makes it all feel like it's real. Yeah, it sure does, man. It's uh, There's light at the end of the tunnel. Now, obviously, we have rising cases, and things are changing rapidly every day, but I still think they're going to find a way to get this thing in. Yeah, I mean, and the light at the end of that tunnel is not the oncoming train, as they say every once in a while. But, you know, the the Reds, well, they're going to open up on Friday, July the 24th. They get to open up against the Tigers. And we were talking about this off the air. They're playing four of their first ten games against the Tigers. And, boy, if you break this thing down like I'm going to go into here in a, in a few minutes – into 15 game, game segments, the 60 game season. If you break it down and you get off to a good start in the first 15 games, you're almost guaranteed to be in a playoff punch towards the end of the season. And now the Reds, not only do they get to play against the American League Central, but they're going to open up against one of the worst teams in baseball, the Detroit Tigers, and they get to play four of the first 10 games against them. I mean, if you look at the, everybody in this group, the Central group, they play. Uh, the Reds will play 15 of their games against probably the two worst teams in baseball, the Tigers and the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. So that obviously helps regardless. Um, but it's actually, now that we're at the schedule, it's six first 10 um, games against the Tigers. So that sandwich drum series against the If the Reds six and four start, up. Yeah, that, that's what it's kind of looking like right now. And, and the Indians, on the other hand, they're opening up on the 24th also, which is a week from, or I guess I should say, yeah, a, a week from this Friday, two weeks from this Friday night, actually. And um, they're opening up, and they're going to open up against the Kansas City Royals. You know, I really liked your idea last week of having the Reds and the Indians open up against each other. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot to have all the natural rivals just gives somebody everybody something to look forward to, you know. And I think that would have been really helpful um, to kind of kick it off with an extra extra bang. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's going to have enough, but it, it would have been nice. I mean, you got the, the two marquee matchups on the twenty third with the Dodgers going on the twenty third, and the Yankees and uh, the Nationals playing each other, but then the 24th is just kind of a regular random day in a big league schedule. Um, I kind of thought it would be better if they did a little more with that, um, but they didn't. So I, I, if the Reds aren't going to open with the Indians, I guess I like that they're opening with the crappy Tigers. <laughs> and, of course, we're doing it all without fans in the stands. So, I mean, there could be some people standing outside the stadium 
I guess, down at the Great American Ballpark in Progressive Field in Cleveland when the games are going on. I know there's a spot in Cleveland down the left field line of Progressive Field that you can actually watch the game from left field. You can, you can peer inside and you could, you could watch the game right from the street if you got a good, good standing point. I know there's not a place to do that down here at Great American Ballpark, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see just how many people do stand outside the stadium, I believe. Yeah, I don't think you'll see a ton. I think you'll see a lot of people want to watch it on TV, um, outside of there being no fans in the stands. The TV broadcasts are so bad days that it, it's hard to beat TV from your couch. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. And, and then when you, you add in the fact that this is only going to be a 60 game season, boy, it, it adds more importance to each and every game, unlike there has been in years past in Major League Baseball. And Blake, when I look at it and I start tearing down what's happening with this schedule, if you get off, I've broken it down into 15-game segments, which is pretty easy math, and you got to keep it easy if you're talking to me And as far as math is concerned. But nonetheless, um, if you get off to a really, really good start, in those first 15 games, if you're a crappy team, like let's just say, let's say, for example, you you brought up the, the Tigers and the Pirates. Let's say, for example, they get off to a hot start, Blake, and they go 10 and 5 or, or 9 and 6, for example, uh, and are able to get off to a good start. They could conceivably down the rest of the season compete for a playoff spot. Absolutely. It's going to change the dynamic of baseball completely. It's going to feel a lot more like football season where every game matters. Um, so it's pretty exciting. I think it's going to be fun to watch. There's going to be a lot more uh, intrigue with every single game, with every pitching move. Uh, the lineup every day, you see the best player play every game as opposed to in the past when you would see you know, uh, a random Sunday where the Reds or the Indians would run out of lineup with not a single one of their all-star caliber players in it. Um, you'll, you won't see that this year, which will be really cool. I look at guys like, you know, for the Reds, Nicholas Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, Eugenio Suarez, Joey Votto. They're going to play 58 to 60 games. I mean, there's no point in taking days off, right? The days off that are built into the schedule with the limited travel that is, is in place is going to lean them towards, you know, playing a lot more. I look at this schedule for the Reds, man. I really like the way it breaks down. You know, we talked about the first 10 games. Then they play a five-game stretch or a, a seven-game stretch against the Indians and the Brewers. They were both pretty good. Then right after that, they back up another five-game stretch with two at Kansas City and four – or two home against Kansas City and four home against Pittsburgh, followed by two more away. Kansas City. I mean, that's a that's a seven game stretch, eight game stretch that the Reds could conceivably win every game. So they're set up to go on some some early season streaks. And in, in possibly, you know, you take eight of the first ten, then if you got that, you know, that eight game stretch against the Royals and the Pirates, where you take six or seven of those, you're pretty much, you know, set, you're at that point, you're seven, eight, nine games over five hundred. Three quarter, or a quarter of the way into the season, halfway into the season, you, you got a good shot to 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 make the playoffs at that point. 
Yeah, and the interesting thing about the Indian schedule is they're going to open up against Kansas City with a three-game set, and then they've got the Chicago White Sox coming in for a three-game set right away. And on top of that, Blake, the Indians are playing out of the first 17 days. They're playing 17 games. Now, I know a lot of teams are probably going to do that, but at this point in the season, boy, I'll tell you what, especially down here in Cincinnati, you're looking at, you know, today it was over 100 degrees. Tomorrow it's supposed to be over 100 degrees. You're getting into the dog days of summer. Joey Votto brought up an interesting point the other day when he was talking to the media. He made the comment that this is the freshest he's felt in a long time. As far as the Indians are concerned, Blake, I mean, not only are they opening up against Kansas City for the first three games of the season at home. Then they've got the White Sox coming to town, and I think the White Sox are going to be one of the surprise teams in the American League Central this year. They've got them coming to town. So they open up the first six days of the season at home. Then they go to Minnesota, but on top of that, the Indians are going to play 17 games in 17 days, the first 17 days of the season. I don't know, if you're if you're a manager – of a major league baseball team, and I know this is, this may not be the same way for every team, and it may be the same way for a lot of teams where they're going to play 17 games in 17 days. Nonetheless, it really changes not only the way that this season is going to go, but when you've got that many games in that many days, it changes your managerial style. I think everything about this season is a managerial style, though. I think you're going to, you know, we've heard a lot about you know, stacking starters and six or seven man rotation or, you know, some people four rotation. It's, it's going to be different no matter what they do. Um, it, it's exciting to see though. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. You got, you got the universal DH, which takes a little bit of strategy out of but then you got all these added things that's going to add, you know, strategy to me. So it's going to be fun. You know, it also be interesting. I mean, you, you brought up the fact, and I, I want to look this up to find out exactly what the date is, but when the Indians and the Reds play, it's going to be interesting from the standpoint that you've almost got a bet, and that's going to be they're going to be playing them four games in a row on Monday, Tuesday, August 3rd and 4th, uh, in Cincinnati and then back up in Cleveland. They're going to pull one of those crazy things. And you know what? I'm looking at it right now, Blake. They're doing it in the middle of the week again. You know, there is, there is less amount of time for the Mets and the Yankees to get back and forth between each other. And they play that on a weekend and it's a five hour trip, four and a half hour trip. If you drive like I do between Cincinnati and Cleveland and they run it on the weeknights. How? I mean, I know there's not going to be anybody in the stands, but for crying out loud, Major League Baseball, get your head out of your and and start playing these games on the weekends. So the people they've done this now for about eight straight years, where they put it in the middle of the week, and they're going to be playing four games: two in Cincinnati on the third and fourth of August, and then the fourth, the fifth, and sixth uh, up in Cleveland. And the thing I was trying to get into before I went off on that tangent is the Indians are are are. Guaranteed, almost a guaranteed shot, they're going to face Trevor Bauer in one of those games. And that'll be fun. Absolutely. Um, hopefully Trevor Bauer is a Trevor Bauer from two years ago and not last year. Um, if I were the Indians, I'd be a little more concerned with the fact that 
that Sunday prior to that series opening Cincinnati, they play at Minnesota. Yeah. So they got to travel from Minnesota to Cincinnati and not have a day off. Yeah. That's, that's got to be one of the worst trips in this Central Division. <laughs> you know, I've been in Minnesota. Just going to Minnesota is a bad trip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and then they got, then they follow up after the Reds four game game, four game series. Then they go to Chicago. I mean, they come home for just two games against the Reds, which is nonsensical. They go back to Chicago. So they go from Minnesota to Cincinnati to Cleveland and back to Chicago. And then they've got the White Sox. Then get this, Blake. After they play at Chicago against the White Sox, they get a day off, which is August 10th. And then the 11th and 12th, they're back home for the Cubs. So they're playing two Chicago teams, one in Chicago and one at home. Uh, I know you didn't do the schedule makers any favors by starting the season this, this early, but boy, it seems to me you could have done a better job of putting this thing together. I would tend to that statement. Um, it seems like it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does. Now, Brad Mills, the Indians, uh, bench coach who used to be the former manager of the Houston Astros and he's been with Terry Francona Blake for years. Um, he has opted out and he has opted out not because of the COVID virus. Uh, his grand granddaughter passed away. Uh, in February, 18 month old granddaughter, she fell into uh, a pool and drowned. And he is just unable to cope with this loss. So he has, uh, informed the Indians hierarchy that he's going to opt out of this season. And quite honestly, I, I don't think I can blame him. No, how could you? He, um, losing a child or a grandchild has got to be a horrible thing to deal with. Yeah. Um, plus all the other crap that's going on in the world. It's just, I mean, I don't blame you there. Yeah. Here, here's some other, here's some other players that are going to be opting out of this 2020 season because of COVID. And, and realistically, when you hear most of them talk about it, you can understand why they're, they're doing it. But Ryan Zimmerman of the Nationals. Now he's the one that I, I'm talking about most of all. He's decided to opt out. His wife is expecting. He's got three young kids at home, and he just says this is something that he is going to be unable to uh, get involved with. Mike Leake, you know, former uh, Cincinnati Red, uh, he has opted out. He's with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he's decided to opt out of this season. Joe Ross has opted out of this season with the uh, Nationals. So there are some players that are opting out and um I think you can you can kind of understand where they're coming from but the one that uh has has not opted out is the Tampa Bay pitcher Blake Snell. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think he would. Um <laughs> the one that's the most surprising I think for everybody is David Price. Um yeah. David Price for the Dodgers opting out. And I'm really surprised to hear that could be very important team. They're going to definitely looking for a starting pitcher at this point. Yeah. Um, 
in this day and age, Blake, you know, I, I hate to get political on this show, and I, I really do. I've tried to stay away from it for the last 10 years, and, and, but in this day and age, it's really hard to keep politics away from anything that we do in our daily lives. But this story here has really got me on the edge, and it's been this way now for about 10 years. The, the Cleveland Indians are open to discussing changing their name. Now, I don't expect you to, to say too much about this. I'm probably going to handle the load on this one. But, you know, it all started, Blake, when they they got involved with getting rid of Chief Wahoo. And my comment to Chief Wahoo was, what, you never seen a smiling Indian? And I, I couldn't understand why they thought that that was such a detriment to the Indian heritage. Um, there were several other uh, mascots in not only college football, but baseball and basketball where um, they got rid of them. As a matter of fact, you know, I don't know if you can remember this, Blake, or not, but Several years ago, there was an NBA team, which is known now by the Washington Wizards. And do you remember what their their nickname used to be? One of the Bullets. The Washington Bullets. Now, growing up, I never thought a thing about it. It was just, you know, hey, they're the Bullets. But, you know, then as as crime started taking off, especially in Washington, D.C., okay, I, I understood that one. I got it. But... I've kind of made a joke about this, but the way we are politically anymore, Blake, I mean, if if we're going to get rid of the Indians and get rid of the Redskins, and and again, I kind of understand where where we're coming from with all this stuff, and I get it, and I I guess at the end, I'm going to have to change my way of thinking, but but how far is this going to go, Blake? I mean, technically, and I know this is funny, but it's not. You could come out and say that we've got to change the the name of the Cincinnati Major League Baseball team from the Reds to something else because it's a detriment to the communists in Russia. <laughs> I mean, we could get that way. We could get that way from the Diamondbacks. The ASPCA could come out and say, we're making fun of snakes. Um, the Marlins, you know, it's against the it's against ocean fish. Uh, you could take this anywhere, especially, you know, the Minnesota Twins, for crying out loud, Blake. You could come out and say that, oh, if Minnesota has a bad year, it, it, it's showing up the Twins of America. Uh, you could just go go on and on. Uh, uh, hey, what about the Los Angeles Dodgers? Well, we had to eliminate dodgeball in elementary school. we got to get rid of the Dodgers now. And And the San Francisco Giants. Okay, we can't have them being named the Giants because that's going to be offensive – to the small people in America, especially me. I'm five I seven. actually saw a funny meme about that this morning. Kyler Murray demands the Giants change their name. <laughs> it. I, how far is this going to go, Blake? Uh, pretty far. I, I. It's hard for me to comment on this. Um. Yeah, I, I know it is. Um, that's why I told you I'd handle the load on this. I, I, I could see changing the Redskins names. I don't know about the Indians. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, 
I, I just I, was the was the Indians was Chief Wahoo to you as a Cincinnati fan was Chief Wahoo offensive? No, but I'm also not a Native American. Okay, and I also don't get offended by hardly anything. Right. Um, that's just who I am. And, and my whole philosophy was about you know they always say. And every year they say, okay, opening day, they're going to have a big turnout of protesters protesting the Indians game, the Indians name. They do this every year on opening day. Blake, do you know how many people are out there protesting? No clue. Four. (laughs) It's a family that lives somewhere near North Royalton, near Cleveland. And they come out every year. And they protest the Indian's name. It's four people. That's it. And, you know, they want, they, they finally got their way. You know, Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred and his infinite wisdom, which I think is kind of idiotic, he held the All-Star game over the Cleveland Indians to, he was going to pull it away from them secretly, of course. Nobody would admit to the tapes that were being held in the office that he would get rid of the all-star game out of Cleveland that year, two years ago, had they not dropped Chief Wahoo. And that was step one of their entire plan to get rid of the Indians name. I, I don't know. This, you know, the Redskins, I, I don't even understand that one, Blake. I mean, you've got Florida State Seminoles, you know, you've had, you know, the, the Rapid City Sioux. Uh, out in South Dakota, you, you know, you, you've got all these names out there, and I don't understand. It, it's not like, and again, this is going to get political. We took their land away from them. Like, if we take this name away from the Cleveland Indians or the Washington Redskins, it's going to make up for the thousand, for the hundreds of years of what we've done to them. Absolutely. Um, but I can see we better they step right direction yeah um, whether I, I agree i could where that would be yeah uh, I, it, it, it's just something blake that that i've just i've had a hard time trying to understand i i just don't get it but uh, you know i i guess that's me um let's let's talk about the players on the roster let, let's get away from this um there has been some talk, especially down here in Cincinnati, as you've probably heard, that they are going to put Hunter Green onto that 60-man uh, roster and let him go ahead and throw and maybe bring him in towards the end of the year. Yeah, I wouldn't be if that happens, um, especially with this shortened season where pitch counts and inning counts inning, inning aren't a thing um, because – Game, especially if you're in a playoff foot. Anybody that can throw 100 miles an hour is, is a weapon. Yeah. So, I think you see him start any games. I think eventually he'll be a starter with the I do think, though, it could be a mistake. Because, similar to what happened with the role as Chapman, he was put into the bullpen when he first got here because we were in a playoff push. And he never left. He was supposed to be a starting pitcher. And you much less out of him as a starting pitcher than, or much more out of him as a starting pitcher than as a closer. So I think you could end up doing the same 
on the green putting that spot. If he's extremely successful, why are we moving him? And then you're, you know, taking away something that he could be even better at. He could have an ace instead of a short reliever. Right. Right. Um, I'll see both sides of it. Yeah, and Tyler Naquin, you know, what's interesting about this, Tyler Naquin, one of the Indians outfielders who has been a very serviceable outfielder, he he's kind of one of the unsung heroes that the Indians have had. He's turned out to be a very, very good outfielder for the Indians, and he tore his ACL a year ago in August, and this layoff has made it possible for him to battle back through that injury, and he's ready to come into training camp and start fighting for a position, whereas if this would have begun at the beginning of April, like everybody wanted it to, uh, he would have been out of probably out for the year. But now since this is a short short season uh, and expanded roster and the way that they're running things, you know, Tyler Naquid could turn into be uh, a very important cog in this, this Indians lineup. I know a lot of people right now, Blake, are saying that the Indians have got a real good shot in this 60-game season of taking this central division. I know a few CBS writers and, and Fox sports reporters that are coming right out and saying that the Indians may, may be the cream of the crop in that central. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, for the Reds' perspective, there are two guys that would have been really close to not being ready for opening day original, and they are both very ready now. And one of them might be the best player in this division. A Eugenio Suarez. Yeah. Um, and then Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel, if they open camp in, you know, uh, late April, then he's probably not with the team. Yep. And now he is, and he'll probably play center field every week. Because I read yesterday where David Bell is more comfortable with Akiyama in the corners because of his experience and the fact that they have multiple outfield that can be aged. So I look to see the outfield probably be for the Reds, Senzel, Akiyama, and either Winker or Aquino or Irvin with Castellanos DH. So you're looking at Castellanos being the DH instead of uh, and, and you think Mustakas is going to handle the second base duties? That's what I think is going to happen. And I, I originally, I didn't. I originally, I thought they might move Senzel to second and, uh, put Mustakas in that DH role, slash third base, slash first base. But based on what I saw, today, um, it seems like David Bell has every intention for Senzel to be a center fielder. You know, one thing I didn't realize last year, David Bell broke the record for most ejections by a rookie manager. I love it. He he had, he had seven of them, and I, I still, you know, I never saw the brawl against the Pirates until I YouTubed it the other day. I never saw the entirety of that brawl. And I know I was upset at the time because that was the night, if you remember, that Yasiel Puig got traded to the Indians, and he was actually in the middle of the brawl, and he was a Cleveland Indian at the time because they had to take him out after the eighth inning because he had been traded to the Indians. And he came out of the dugout, 
and came onto the field. And I was upset at the time because they made him, they made him, uh, Major League Baseball suspended him for three games, uh, before he went to the Indians for his part in that brawl. And I thought, you know, well, he didn't do anything. Boy, when I saw it, he did a lot. He, he did enough, maybe not to warrant a three game suspension, but the without fun, a doubt. But the funny thing was, David Bell trying to go after Clint Hurdle. That was hilarious. I don't think there's a man in baseball that would want to fight Clint Hurdle. Oh, no. No. Like everybody hates him. And, and you know, the funny thing was, when I watched it on YouTube, and I'm going to, okay, shameless plug for YouTube here. But if you go back and you and you look this up, the pirate announcers literally tried to correlate, Blake, Buddy Bell... David Bell's father being fired in Colorado and Clint Hurdle taking over for Buddy Bell in Colorado as the impetus for David Bell being upset at Clint Hurdle. Or it could be the fact that they kept hitting his guys. <laughs> that, that would have more sense than, than Clint Hurdle taking over for David Bell. If, if you, if you use that logic, Blake, Brian Price will never talk with David Bell again. Right. <laughs> ridiculous. Hey, we're going to do our uh prediction show next week. Are you ready? You think you got you think you got all your your paperwork around and ready to go? Uh, me too. I I'm ready. Reds, reds, reds. <laughs> I may be a little more unbiased than you. The Reds are going to win the AL West, the AL Central. The Reds are winning it all. Okay. We'll, we'll listen to all of that next Monday night, okay? Sounds good, Dave. All right. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks a lot for Blake Watson for joining us here tonight. Next week, our prediction show. So please be sure to join us then next Monday night at 7 o'clock. Until then, for Blake Watson, I'm Dave Mitchell. That's going to do it for this week's Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. We'll see you again next week. Have a good week, everybody.